NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball is back. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is celebrating with an unbeatable offer. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets for throwing down $5 on the NBA. Win or lose, it don't matter. You'll start the season with an instant dub. And with DraftKings parlays, everyone's got a shot at even bigger basketball wins. String together multiple bets from the same game or build your parlay across multiple games for a shot at making your payday even sweeter. Y'all, basketball's more fun when you're in on the action. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code POA. New customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly for betting just $5. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code POA. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Joe, I'm out of breath. I love gambling. How'd yeah, I bet it? you are. Gambling does hit. Yeah. <laughs> so um, hard. We're not good at it. No, I, I, I did, though. You know, that's a relevant uh, ad for uh, my own life because I did win uh, a bet on the opening game of the NBA season last night. Thanks nice. to our buddy. Thanks to our buddy Smart Mark. I wouldn't have known, but Smart Mark, who doesn't gamble or know anything about gambling, y'all are in the extended SKU universe, know who Smart Mark is, my co host on Weekly SKUs. He texted us in the group thread and said uh, he sent this tweet from some guy that said teams playing on ring night, like so defending champions who mm-hmm. open the next season the night they get their championship rings in front of their home crowd. Right. Teams that are playing on ring night are nine and one in the past 10 years and seven wow. and three against the spread. So he shared that. And then he said. Add to this the fact that the Lakers are playing at altitude. They've been talking shit, so the Nuggets are motivated. And he listed like two or three other factors. And he was like, so all I'm saying is bet the house on the Nuggets, right? And this again, this is coming from a dude who like proclaims to not know shit about gambling. But I was like, okay, I'm going to do that. I'm actually going to do that. So if it don't hit, it's your fault. And, of course, it hit while I I lose all my own money all the time. But, you know, take one one tip from him and it lands and he don't even fucking gamble. Ain't that just the way? He's also frustrating smart Mark. Because, like, again, he'll tell you, he's like, I, spreads, what's that? I don't know how any of that works. What, I don't know anything about gambling. And yeah. then he just, like, perfectly handicaps a can't-miss, you know, lock yeah. of the week or whatever. <laughs> and it fucking got, you know, and he'd be like that. Like He's the one that got me into gambling because of NBA basketball, which I don't know anything about. But, like, a couple years ago, I, I want to say this is during the – it was, like, the COVID year was the bubble year or something. And, like – there was some new rule that had been implemented that I didn't, I couldn't make heads or tail of, but Mark, basically he laid this whole thing out and he goes, Hey, I don't think Vegas is caught up yet. Hammer the under on like all mm-hmm. these fucking games because of this new rule. And buddy th- for three weeks, I was riding high just because Mark told me that. And I'm like, how much money did you make? He's like, I'm not a, what the, f- I don't do that shit. I'm not trash. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It really do be like that. Um, but yeah, gambling does hit. Gambling, smoking, vice, vices hit. You know, uh, Boy, I've, don't always, I've always said it. 
I have no, I've always felt, I don't know your position, you know, when it comes to sponsors and things like that, I'll hawk any kind of dangerous shit because yep. I enjoy it myself. And also uh, we were on someone else's podcast recently and you quoted Mark Twain, or at least it's yep. ostensibly Mark Twain quote, you know, at way the internet is with Mark Twain and quotes. But anyway, it's purported to be a Mark Twain quote. Well, I think he's talking about censorship or something like that. Yeah, he's like, censor- censorship. censorship is telling a grown man he can't enjoy a steak because a baby is unable to chew it. Right. Yeah. And I fully agree with that when it comes Me to too. all this type of shit. It's like if you're a fucking grown ass man and you want to whatever, have a drink or smoke or some weed or gamble your money or whatnot, God damn it, this is America and you have the right to do it. Because I like to do those things and I don't want anybody telling me I can't do it, let alone have it taken away because like kids are, I don't give a shit what kids are doing. That should be up to the parents to keep the kids exactly. from doing that shit. It ain't my fault that these kids are fucking smoking too many cherry vapes or whatever the hell. Dude. Like I, can't stand that shit dude speaking of which i'm glad you said that because obviously we here at the putting on airs podcast are not advocating for children to use nicotine of course not but i actually just watched the documentary big vape which is talking about the rise and fall of jewel and like yeah dude so much of it i'm sitting there going like yeah they they end up partnering with big tobacco which is like going against their original mission statement which was to take out big tobacco right And so I'm like, yeah, okay, these dudes are kind of being shitty in this way. But like so many of the things that is happening to them, I'm going, okay, listen, far be it from me to take the side of a corporation. All right. I'm I'm not meaning to do this. However, so much of this is just like you're mad at the nicotine people for making nicotine that hits like like everyone was acting like it was oh like like adults would ever uh like a mango flavored jewel that's clearly for kids i'm like that was my favorite fucking one Me too. you know what Far i mean and like Far and, and, away, my and they keep they, and, and like all these parents keep coming in here with all this bullshit about you know like all the kids dying and stuff which like dude all the fucking kids that were going in the hospital i'm pretty sure it was found out actually no i'm not pretty sure i know a hundred percent it was found out that none of them were smoking actual jewels it was this backdoor bullshit that dudes were making basically like meth in their fucking garage and then so they keep on keep on keep on about fucking you know this company is like knowingly the kids are buying it and they have to they they have a responsibility as a company to make sure that children aren't buying their product i'm like no they don't it fucking is still illegal for the kid to do it. There is a law. There's a law that says the kids can't do it and they're doing it. We used to pick up cigarette butts in the middle of the goddamn grocery store parking lot and smoke it. I'm look, I feel bad for you. If your kid got addicted to the tutti frutti vapes or whatever, but like that's on you, not the fucking jewel companies. And again, back to Mark Twain. So like, Again, I'm not on the side of big tobacco. I'm not on the side of jewel, except for in the sense of, I, too, believe in goddamn personal responsibility, and that's up to you. Yeah. Hell yeah, baby. Preach. Now, uh, yeah, I'm with you, and I, I just— um, Good documentary, by the way. You'd enjoy it. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that I would, but it's just uh, it just drives me crazy, you know. I've uh, always felt that way. And, you know, in California, all that shit always passes all the time, but— um, Listen, y'all, with the busy fall season already in swing, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. I have 
fallen fully in with factor. I love this stuff. Katie loves it too. Katie, actually, they sent us the samples and then Katie immediately ordered more. That's how much they hit for her. For me, it's a lunchtime thing. I love cooking. I don't have time to do that at lunch. Factor couldn't be easier. You put it in two minutes, it's ready, and it hits on top of that. It's uh, been a fantastic addition to my culinary lifestyle. So if you're too busy this fall to cook but want to make sure you're eating well, well, with Factor, you could skip the extra trip to the grocery store and the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too while still getting the flavor and nutritional quality you need. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. All you got to do is heat and enjoy, then get back to crushing your goals. Adjust your stride this autumn without missing a step. Choose from 34 weekly, 30, more than 34 weekly flavor-packed, fresh, never frozen meals ready to eat in just two minutes. You can level up with Gourmet Plus options prepared to perfection by chefs and ready to eat in record time. They got upscale stuff, premium ingredients, broccolini, leeks, truffle butter. What do you know about all that? If you're like me and you're too busy running around during the day to think about lunch, they've also got lunch-to-go options, effortless, wholesome meals like grain bowls and salad toppers that are ready to eat whenever you're ready for them. No microwave required. Joe, tell them about Factor. Well, let me tell you something. I, right now, am trying to be a little calorie conscious because I know I'm going to overdo it at Thanksgiving. So if you're looking for more calorie conscious options during this time, try the delicious dietitian-approved calorie-smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving. You need an extra boost to support your wellness goals? Well, guess what? You can do that by getting Protein Plus meals with 30 grams of protein, protein as well, per serving. Round out your meal and replenish. I'm 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 salivating thinking about this food, and it's making me not be able to talk. Uh, Trey is what's happening. There's 45 plus add-ons, including breakfast items like delicious apple cinnamon pancakes, bacon and cheddar egg bites, potato bacon and egg breakfast skillet, or for an easy wellness boost, just get you some uh, cold pressed juices, shakes, and smoothies. With Factor, you can rest assured that you're making a sustainable choice. They offset 100% of their delivery emissions, source 100% renewable electricity for their production sites and offices, and they feature sustainably sourced seafood. So here's the deal. Head to factormeals.com slash POA50 and use the code POA50 to get 50% off. That's code POA50 at factormeals.com slash POA50. 50% off. That's half. There was something I wanted to tell you about. Well, so first of all, I guess just so people know later on, uh, the things we're going to talk about, uh, turns out they're related. Not the first time we've done that, but it was completely unplanned. Just so y'all know, uh, mine is, I was, so as y'all are listening to this, if you're listening to this, the day it comes out, which is Friday, uh, tonight and tomorrow, I'll be at laughs Boston in Boston, Massachusetts. Nice. And, uh, so come and see me. So I was trying to put something together to like, like a little promo video about Boston or something. And I did, but I still haven't like put it out yet. Cause I got to edit it and whatnot. And, uh, but anyway, I was reading a lot about Boston and I was trying to do that. And I knew we had the show today and I was like, I don't want to talk about it on the show. And then I, it just sort of hit me. The whole thrust of the video I was trying to put together that I was making was I realized like that Boston, in my opinion, fits like the theme of this show. Venn diagram. Arguably sure. as good as any city in this whole country. I got think you like, lace I don't, curtain motherfuckers. You got yeah. your, Southeast. Harvard, you know, yeah. fucking like the fancy ass, like moneyed, educated, hoity-toity motherfuckers. Then you got Southie trash or whatnot. Two like, different types of racists. Yeah, right. It's uh, So I realized that and I was like, well, shit, we'll just talk about Boston. Before we get to Boston later, though, I should also say I then did spend some time trying to Google like actual, I don't know, sources or stories related to that, like the dichotomy of Boston, how it is both fancy and trash or whatever. And like 
pretty much came up empty, but I still know for a fact that I'm right. And I think everyone else knows it too. So we're just going to talk about Boston before you then start a whole series about the uh, Boston royalty. That's right. Yeah. Coincidentally, I've been wanting to talk about the Kennedys. I've been wanting to talk about the Kennedys for like a very long time on this show because I think I think we've probably said this a bunch on the show. Like they're they're like as close as I can think to like a royal family, you know, that we've had in this country. Like, you know, people will say now and we'll get into this later. It's like, oh, yeah, I've, I've actually heard people go. They were the Kardashians of their time. And like that sounds horrible to say. But like, I mean, fuck, it really is true. And matter of fact, if we want to get down to it. Uh, the Kardashians are responsible for way less deaths, so that might not be such a bad thing. Uh, but anyways, I, I knew that I wanted to talk about the Kennedys, but knew that uh, talking about each individual one, you're going to have to put all these pieces together. So I thought, why not just talk about the whole lot? The new series I'm doing, basically, we'll call it Putting on Airs uh, in Search of Camelot. How about that? Uh, talking about the Kennedys, and we're going to start with the biggest mass hole of them all, fucking Joe Sr., Oh yeah, the uh, liquor runner and woman mm-hmm. hater himself. I mean, I, I, that yep, that was most of much. the Kennedys, but yeah, yeah. I was about to say that doesn't really narrow it down uh, back then, yeah. I suppose. But anyway, yeah. All right, well, we'll do all that a little bit later. But there was one other thing I wanted to mention. Actually, that's something I was wanting to show you, but I can't get it to work for some damn reason. So we'll, we'll have to figure that out and do it on the next episode. I don't want to spoil it. So there was another thing. Uh, you ever heard of Nobel disease? No, like, are you or Nobel itis? Is it like Nobel, like the prize, or like mm-hmm. Nobel? Nope, Nobel, like the prize. Nobel, Nobel disease. disease. Okay. Um. Did does this have does this have something to do with the Nobel Prize? Like, was it the same person that mm-hmm. created the disease, or they had the disease and it was named after them? It does have something to do with the Nobel Prize. It's not any of the things you guessed just now, though. Okay. I should also, I guess I'll say in, in, in way of a hint, it's like it's like a tongue-in-cheek. It's not something like a doctor is going to diagnose you with. But when oh. I explain it to you, like, you're going to agree it's very much a real thing. Like, it's Nobel. definitely a real thing. It's just not like, not a medical thing, I guess. Nobel disease. Okay, is this like um, a, a mental illness where you're, like, extremely narcissistic? And think you place a big importance on yourself when in real, real when in real life you you don't mean shit and you think you're the center of attention or whatever. You had it until the end there, uh, okay. and also there's another part. It's basically it's a, a this a known and not uncommon phenomenon where uh, Nobel Prize winners, oftentimes later in life, uh, become uh, prone to believing that they are experts in everything or anything they say right i'm gonna add that one more time i froze up for just a little bit and it, it's important so uh it's the uh, predilection that some mm-hmm. some nobel prize winners over the years have had for allowing the fact that they won a nobel prize in their chosen field mm-hmm. to convince them that they know everything about everything <laughs> else too as a result yeah. of that right? oh yeah so yeah. it's That's a uh, real thing it's absolutely a real thing. It's happened multiple times. And some of it is cra- a lot of them. I'm sure I'm sure that almost all Nobel Prize winners probably think they're no pretty more smart about yeah. most things. But it's particularly funny when the other things are abject lunacy or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like there's a dude, um, Charles Richet, 
who won the 1913 Nobel Prize in physiology for for his research on anaphylaxis, like anaphylactic shock, like a allergic reaction people have. Yeah. Right for his research on anaphylaxis, he won the Nobel Prize in physiology. Right. He also was a hardcore believer in uh, ghost and demons <laughs> and paranormal activity and that type of stuff. So he would use his like status as a Nobel Prize winner to be like, and so there are ghosts, right? right. And so some people be like, well, I mean, he's smart. He hits, you know, but like getting stung by a bee and your face swelling up ain't got shit to do with a fucking, you know, Civil War ghost rattling his chains in your uh, wine cellar or whatever. Yeah, but, I believe that, uh, not to get political, just kidding, but like... uh he didn't win a Nobel Prize that I know of, but like Elon Musk definitely got a lot of this going on, or at least his like he his his fans have Nobel disease by proxy, where like they assume since he is a you know I guess whatever it is that he does, being a tech giant or whatever, and and being a billionaire, he is good at that thing. They assume like every single thing, no matter what the topic is coming out of his mouth, must be right because he said it. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, another dude, and I don't know how many multi-time Nobel Prize winners there are, especially in different categories, because it's pretty crazy in my opinion. This dude, Linus Pauling, won the 1954 Nobel Prize in chemistry for his work on chemical bonds. But then in 1962, he won the Nobel Peace Prize. Wow. Which is like, that's a wild combination, dude. Like normally the, the Peace Prize, normally it's all like sciencey shit, research and, and innovation, right. and that type of thing. And then the Peace Prize is like, humanitarian you know, yeah right yeah whoever like made the biggest news for like caring about stuff that yeah year, right whoever made normally, up the hashtag black lives matter right gets it's it. not normally related to you know academic work or anything so it's wild to me that this dude won one in chemistry and then one in uh in in peace it's a wild right. combination but he also then later on he made it his like mission in life to convince people that vitamin c could cure cancer, schizophrenia, <laughs> any kind of disease that you had, right? And he was telling people to take more than 120 times the recommended daily intake of vitamin C and saying it was this cure-all and whatnot. And probably, That'll you know, you up. probably led to a lot of people, uh, you know, dying in ways Pissing that don't themselves hit. to death, yeah. But they were like, you know, again, I, well, he's got two Nobel Prizes. I have right. none. I mean, if he says I mean, to you, eat you all these oranges, I guess I'm going to eat all these oranges. And that's why, dude, like certain people, when they start running off at the mouth, they need to understand that like what you say holds weight. So you should like if you're a very influential person, like obviously you have the right to free speech and all that type of stuff. But when you're a huge person of influence, the shit you say will cause a bunch of idiots to be like, he must know what he's talking about. He's got the most downloaded podcast in history. <laughs> you know what I mean? We should right. fucking do that. Uh, also, if I may stop you here for a second. The Nobel Peace Prize, isn't that a piece of PR? That's a PR move by the Nobel people because they actually, like, they sold, like, war bombs and stuff, correct? Oh, I, I don't know. Maybe. You're uh, educating me on that. Um, yeah, I think the Nobel it, family or something, like, they were, like, war profiteers or something. <laughs> and so, like, they created the Nobel Peace Prize as sort of like a um, a cleansing of their name or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That would totally check out. Um, mm -hmm. you had a lot of that sort of thing, uh, back, back in the Dizzy. Uh, a lot of these you'll be totally unsurprised sort of center around, uh, you know, 
just racism, basically. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like uh, the dude who invented the transistor, William Shockley, mm -hmm. who won the Nobel Prize in physics for said invention in 1956, hugely into eugenics and, uh, yeah. you know, sterilizing undesirables and things of that nature and only letting people who hit, in his opinion, have babies and that whole deal, which, you know, Hitler was super into all that too. It was sort of the Nazis whole thing, but this is 1956. This is years later. So it's just dude being like, well, you know, you got some things right. Hitler did. And you know uh, who else was super into eugenics? Who's that? Helen Keller, <laughs> big into eugenics. Oh, that's right. That's yeah, true. Dude, isn't it? Like, Per well, Helen Keller's belief like, system, listen, I shouldn't be. Yes, she That's literally wild. thought she shouldn't exist. Which, by the way, I guarantee, if you're deaf, blind, dumb, all those things, I mean, listen, there's days when I think I shouldn't exist. So I'm certain that I would feel cursed from God. But like, yeah, dude, Helen Keller, and it's so funny that like she, the amount of work it went in that went into Helen Keller being able to communicate with the outside world, and like the first thing this bitch says is like no jews you know what i mean like it was just right. so deep in her like she could have just not said shit and everybody be like yeah of course she didn't but like no she was a big eugenicist okay but what did that extend to like jews and gypsies and all the nazi parts of it or was it her, Pretty was, sure. her was her whole thing being like listen i know that it don't hit to be alive when you're like this and i think we are just not let people exist who are like this ever again i'm pretty sure I'm that not, when I've, i don't support that but i'm saying like if that person has that opinion it's kind of like, have it yeah they're allowed to have yes exactly yes. i don't think we should that's base policy off of their opinion on it but like no you know but they're allowed to have their, that opinion if you're yeah in that's that their n-word for sure but if you're um, putting it on if you're extending that to jews policy. and whatever else and everything then i mean, I mean no I mean, I'm pretty sure that the way I heard it was I heard it first like she was into eugenics the same way Hitler was. And then I then reached the conclusion, man, if she's super into eugenics, then like she actually doesn't think she or be. You know what I mean? So I could be wrong. Somebody out there smarter than us tell us or, or you know, just look it up. But I, I want to say that Helen Keller was just a, you know, by the book eugenicist. Um. In the same vein, James Watson, who is the Watson of uh, Watson and Crick fame. If you don't know, Watson and Crick are the DNA people. They're the people, okay. they're the scientists that figure out all the DNA shit, basically. And they won the Nobel Prize in uh, physiology or medicine for that in 1962. But James Watson of Watson and Crick has consistently and publicly claimed that black people are inherently less intelligent than white people. Mm -hmm. And furthermore, that exposure to sunlight in tropical regions and higher levels of melanin in the body cause dark-skinned people to want to fuck more than white people do. So, well, I wasn't mean, happy with just the first part. I had to get real wild with it at the end. There, he's like, he's like, you've seen their dicks, right? You know what that's about? Fucking. I think that's just how it is for everybody when they go to the beach. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you're right. just describing Panama City, a bunch of, you know, people getting a lot of melanin and wanting to fuck each other. But I don't think we have to get racist about it. God damn. That's a good point. Uh... 
If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Macy's, Adidas, Walmart, Nike, Wine.com, Samsung, Lenovo, Sephora, and more. And even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use. And you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers. And Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. And let's see here. There's some in recent years who are like, you know, anti-vaxxers now or whatnot. There's a lady that won the Nobel Prize in 93 for chemistry, doesn't believe that AIDS is caused by HIV. I don't know what she thinks how, is happening. Now. How, I don't know if it's just God smiting I, these I people. Say, or I, didn't, what. I don't know. You ever hear some of this shit and you're like, I didn't even know that was up for debate. Like, what do you mean you don't believe that shit? Like, that's like somebody being like, gravity? I don't know about that. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. But you find just about... Somebody that don't believe in just about anything, it seems like. Right. And the dude, Brian Joseph, a Nobel Prize in Physics in 1973, uh, believes in believes that it's possible for humans to communicate with each other via telepathy. Yeah, uh, I mean. Th- that water can remember the chemical properties of substances diluted within it. I don't know what kind of alchemy type shit that is. Transcendent, transcendental meditation uh, can you know, do all kinds of wild shit. So he just into a whole lot of new age hippy dippy type stuff. Um, but I'm all in on the telepathy. Physicist. Yeah. I'm all in on the telepathy thing, but like nobody should take what I say seriously though. You know what I mean? I'm going to circle back to that in just a second. I only got one more left. This dude, Nicholas Tinbergen won the 1973 Nobel prize in physiology. Same year that Josephson won it. So 1973 was a big year for Nobel prize winning lunatics. Uh, during his acceptance speech, he got up there and started promoting the already widely discredited <laughs> refrigerator mother hypothesis of autism. I didn't know in 1973 what? they even knew about autism or were talking Me about either. autism, but apparently in 1973 already, there were people saying things caused autism that did not cause autism. The first big one was uh, having a bitch of a mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which it's like. How many people have, you know, bitch moms that are right. all autistic? I mean, they're, you know, you. Pretty, they're pretty fucked up. Sad, right? Yeah. Yeah. But got so many other problems. Not autistic, though. I can't count for shit. Uh, so, <laughs> but, um, yeah. And so he got that. They already knew this was bullshit already, even in 1973. He won the Nobel Prize, went on stage during his acceptance speech, started talking about how that was it. Right. And so <laughs> oh he is considered to have the, uh, the unbe- the pretty much unbeatable record for shortest time between receiving the Nobel Prize and saying something very, very stupid about the field <laughs> in which the recipient had little to no experience. Uh, and then uh, 
Yeah. So that's it. I was going to say, you're talking about telepathy once when I was like college age, I was probably 19 or 20. And I was like back home for the weekend and it was late at night and I had nothing else going on. And I don't think I was high or anything, but I was getting high a lot at this point in time. And I just happened to catch, I was flipping through the channels on HBO or something. I think on H, one of those premium channels, there was this documentary airing that I'd never heard of before. And it, I've seen it over the years since then, every now and then, but it's not like a big noteworthy documentary, but it's called what the bleep do we know? Uh -huh. right? Like, you know, what the fuck do we know or whatever, but they got to censor the fuck. You ever heard of that? What the bleep do we know? No. -uh. Okay. It's a documentary about among, I haven't seen it in, you know, almost 20 years or whatever. I only saw it that one time, but I watched it like three in the morning when I'm a 19 year old stoner or whatever. And I remember it was basically about, the idea that it was it wasn't literally that whole like humans only use ten percent of their brains thing. Right. It, it wasn't that literally, but it was like the equivalent of that. It was like basically the hypothesis or the thesis. We hadn't, of the, we hadn't unlocked it all. We haven't unlocked our all of our mental power yet, and there's so much shit we could do. And there's and they start going all this stuff about how like like positive thought can revive a dying plant like that this type of shit like they put a plant in a room with all these monks meditating about the plant starting to hit and then it did or something like that and like that human thought, human intention alone can like shape the physical world and this type yeah, of thing like we have stupid. that we have that capacity and can't haven't yet like unlocked it or whatever blew my r-worded mind at the time <laughs> right watch i was like holy shit went back to like college when me and my boys, we all had this, like these two apartments beside each other in Cookville. And we hung out, you know, collectively every night drinking beer and shit. So it's like a couple of days later, I'm back in college. And this one dude who's actually like me and him used to talk, we used to like smoke weed and talk about fucking black holes and time travel and all that type of shit. He's a real smart, heady dude. Who's into all that type of stuff. His name's Jimmy. Jimmy was there. And like, uh, I started, I was like, Jimmy, you ain't going, this shit is wild. I gotta tell you about that. Right. <laughs> And he was like, what? And I just went through this whole thing about that documentary, <laughs> except in way more detail than I just did. Cause I had just seen it. So I remembered everything. So I was like, and we, we are high at this time. So I'm fucking rambling like 20 minutes later. I just, he doesn't say a word. He just <laughs> sits there, listens to me, whatever. Let's we go through this whole thing, like 20 minutes, whatnot. I'm explaining all the, this wild shit, this documentary set or whatnot. I got to the end of it. He just like, he just sort of looked at me for a second and he goes, Trey, that is maybe the dumbest fucking thing <laughs> I have ever heard you say. What? That don't make any goddamn sense. Did you hear what you just said to me? Dude, that is so stupid, right? And he like, and it was, it's one of those things, and I've had this happen to me at other points of my life, but it was like me one, too, of, the most, by one you. of those profound things where it's like moments where it's like, I went from totally being on board with this thing to like the minute he said that, yeah, I genuinely was like, "Oh fuck, he's right. This is yeah, this is so dumb. I don't why well, I'm embarrassed that I even brought this up. You know what I mean? Like just absolute one eighty, like flipped on a switch. Just weird how sometimes you don't. It's realize Dude, something until someone else says it to you, and then yeah. it's like so obvious. You know, well, it's, something it's the wild. human brain we have evolved to have this power is like. When you want to fucking believe something, right. it is amazing the blinders that your brain will put on to all the logical things that would get in the way of you believing that thing. Because, like, yeah, dude, like, I, I can't name an example, like, right off the top of my head, but, like, countless things I have just been, like, I, blown my mind. And then someone just said one teeny little tiny thing, and I was like, that's the dumbest shit ever. How the fuck did I ever believe that? But it's like I wanted to believe it so fucking I, bad. I, I, I have one other 
like perfect example of exactly that. We covered it on the Well Red podcast. I told you all about it at the time, but like Mood is known for their federally legal THC. You heard that right, federally legal THC. But now they're adding their most potent product yet to the lineup. That's right. Hemp-based THCA flower, the future of legal TLC. You can try it along with all of Mood's other amazing offerings like Delta 8 flower, gummies, vape cartridges, and more. And for a limited time, Mood is giving our listeners a free gram of THCA flower and 20% off your first order. All you got to do is visit hellomood.com and use our code POA. I said a free gram of THCA flower, y'all, along with 20% off your first order. If you don't know about Mood, Mood, they have uh, they end the guessing games when it comes to federally legal forms of THC. They've got the real stuff extracted from hemp plants. It's all on the up and up. This stuff, uh, THCA, this new flower they have, it converts into THC, the famous THC, when you heat it. So you still get access to the classic marijuana high, but in a slightly different format. They also, like I said, they got gummies, edibles, all that stuff. Typically, I'm kind of an edible guy, but, you know, flower, there's almost something. I mean, I think many of y'all will agree, almost something kind of nostalgic about flower to me. I was very excited for it because I couldn't tell you the last time, you know, I crumbled some up, rolled up a joint, did the whole thing, took me right back to 2007, baby, just like that. George W. Bush in the White House, things are wild, but, uh, you know, but I'm feeling good. It was a phenomenal experience, uh, and I'm glad that mood came through. The experts at mood have tested and tailored different strains for different moods, from euphoric to energized creative to chill, right? I also got this other product from mood that's uh, designed for, uh, like, sleepy time, because I'm a big sleepy time guy. If you have known me for any amount of time, you know that. As my meme, I would say, I'm awful sleepy-headed. So I went with the sleepy time variation right before bed, knocked me right out, slept like a baby. And I don't mean I was waking up every two hours to poop or however that old saying goes. I mean, I slept like a, a good baby sleep. It was phenomenal mood. It's pretty fantastic stuff, guys. I cannot endorse it highly enough. And I do mean highly. So check it out now, guys. This is what you can do to try Mood's new THCA flower today and get 20% off your first order and a free gram of said THCA flower. Just go to hellomood.com and use the promo code POA. That's hello, M O O D.com. Promo code POA for 20% off your first order and a free gram of THCA flour. Try Mood today. Gentlemen across the nation, I have an urgent message for you. This episode is brought to you by Manscaped. The brand that took your balls to space is now launching them into the Ultrasphere, introducing the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra, featuring a new cutting-edge design and next-generation dual skin-safe blade heads for different shaves. It's pretty much a spaceship to take your boys downstairs to the next level. Join the 9 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with the brand new Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code POA. High tech for low places. Y'all, they sent uh, me and Trey both one of these, and I got it just in time to go on the road. I was in D.C. I was able to get every single thing on me lined up. Of course, you know, uh, I've got my OG uh, hedge trimmer that was for the beard and stuff, and this new lawnmower 5.0, it's great. You can get a skin-close shave without having to have a straight razor. It's absolutely uh, fantastic. Trey, tell them a little bit more about our friends over at Manscaped. Well, every man knows how scary it can get when going for a close shave below the waist. That's why we trust Manscaped for all of our sensitive areas. 
I'm lucky to be one of the first to try the new Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra, and like Cho said, it's a game changer. In fact, that's an understatement. Manscaped's fifth generation trimmer features two next-gen interchangeable skin-safe blade heads, a standard trimmer blade for taking a little off the top, and a new foil blade to go for that smooth finish wherever your heart desires. No more wet shaving down there. Count me in. This bad boy also features dual LED spotlights to provide contrast on multiple skin tones so you can shed some light on your darkest places. We're talking three length setting combs for all your desired lengths. And oh, did I mention the trimmer is waterproof too? Because it is. If you need to take it on the go, Manscaped's got you covered there too. This puppy comes with a travel case and even a travel lock feature to avoid any accidental powering and or weird looks in the airport. This right here is on the cutting edge of cutting pubes, y'all. Upgrade your ball trimmer and your life will surely follow. So this is what you can do. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code POA at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping when you use the code POA at manscaped.com. Your balls have been through enough. It's time to go ultra with Manscaped. Shave your balls. Uh... Early on in the pandemic, like I had gained all this weight. And when I first started, like before Katie got the Peloton and stuff, when I first started, like try to get it under control. Cause my whole thing has always been like, Lord, I just love food. I just eat. Like I say, I'll do good all day. And then at the end of the night, right before bed, I'll just defile myself in yeah. standing up in the dark in the kitchen on just whatever's in there. Right. And just ruin any progress. I do that shit all the time, let alone after shows on the road. My God, what I'm yeah. doing with Uber eats out in these hotel I'm rooms or be illegal. Right. So like <laughs> that's always been my issue. Right. So when I start first started trying to get together in the pandemic, I like hatched this plan, right? Like I had a new method and I came on the well red podcast with you drew and I told you about it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so here's what I started I supported doing. supported you. I was like, here's what I started doing. I can't say I can't not eat before bed at nighttime. And I know that's bad for you. So what I've started doing is you guys know these new like hard seltzers, these new white claw things, because white claws were new, right? At the time. You guys were like, yeah, of course. White women love them, whatever. I was like, right. Well, they're only hundred calories each, right? And so I've found that if I sit there and I sip on those, like while me and Kay are watching Netflix or something, you know, I don't eat instead. Like, so like instead of eating eight, nine hundred calories. I'll drink four or 500 calories from yeah. this and then just go to bed. Right. So I'm saving four or 500 calories right there. Right. And so, and it's working like a charm. Right. <laughs> and neither one of y'all said anything. You were just like, right on whatever. I was all about it. I was like, hell yeah, become an alcoholic. You'll get skinnier. <laughs> then the, then the episode came out and my best friend, my best friend Thompson who listens to the episodes and stuff, like texted me immediately as soon as it came out and he was just like, LOL. I love how you're just like, you know what I've been doing to lose weight lately is every night before bed, I drink me about five or six <laughs> beers. He was like, you know, those are just fucking beers, right? He's like, they're yeah. just it's like, they're just like bitch beer or whatever. It's like, they're just whatever they're flavored differently, but that's just, he's like your big weight loss plan is you're going to drink a six pack of beer every <laughs> night. Yeah. Right. And I was like, and as soon as he said that, I was like, Oh my God, oh, yeah, that is insanely stupid of me right you know? it's like again it never i i genuinely was like this is going pretty well yeah and then the minute he said that i was like wow i'm a fucking dipshit that's crazy but you know, so. but if we're talking if we're not talking about being healthy because we both know there's a huge difference between weight loss and being healthy right for instance um right now 
there's several people that I know in my community who I weigh 30 to 40 pounds more than them, but I'm insanely healthier than them. You know what I mean? I'm way fucking healthier than them. But if we're talking about just from a weight loss perspective, I mean, you did the thing you're supposed to do, which is you ate less calorie. You put less calories into your body. It's just that it was alcohol, which is overall not going to, you know, mm-hmm. help your health. But like calorie wise, you did it right by the numbers, buddy. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no bell disease. Be wary of that. But also, I've heard it's on a smaller scale, too. Like, I've heard a lot, but Chad Daniels had a bit about it. I've heard it from a lot of different sources. Like, Chad Daniels, tremendous comedian. If y'all don't know, look him up. He's one of the best, one of the most underrated dudes out there. He, He's uh, awesome. He's now ex-wife. I believe that's accurate, I think. But early, earlier in his like, earlier albums, he was married originally to this uh, Ph.D., and he had yeah, this whole... He's dating Kelsey Cook now, so I know it's his ex-wife. Oh, there you go. Right on. Yeah. I didn't even know, or if I did know, I had forgotten that. Well, good for yep. them. Uh, also a friend of the show, Kelsey yeah, Cook. Yeah, no, I love love both of them. I just didn't even know they were together because uh, mm-hmm. I'm oblivious and don't keep up with shit. I was just texting Kelsey the other day. Anyway, uh, he used to be married to this PhD, and he had this whole bit about how, like, she thought she knew everything just because she was a fucking PhD, but he's like, she knows it. a whole yeah. lot about one thing, but she's dumb as fuck about so many other things, yeah. you know, or whatever. And so that's basically just what this is. And it, so it's like a well-known phenomenon. Like people, just because you real smart at one thing don't mean that you just know every goddamn thing, you know? For sure. Like I'm, me and you, I consider us both really smart at, comedy like that specific thing and like when it comes to doctors too like amber's cousins are both doctors they're twin and i love them and they're great and they're wonderful doctors but like you know they can be real stupid about a whole lot of other shit too but like when we were kids it was like if someone was a doctor they knew everything and it's like why but now you think about it logically and you're like no they went to school for one fucking thing for seven years like there's so much about the earth that they have no goddamn car or we're, you know, we're equal on at least they know just as much about that shit as I do. I mean, I'll go one further with that. And I feel like maybe we've talked about it on here before. Maybe it was well read. I know I've talked about this not all that long ago, but like, a that is true about doctors, but beyond just that also, like, again, when you're a kid, you think a doctor, fucking doctor's word is bond. It's infallible, whatever they know. You know, another thing you realize when you get older, is it like, some doctors also don't hit at the doctor part. Like they're also dumb about the doctor part. Like you, when yeah. you're a kid, you don't even think that's possible, but it's a hundred percent possible. Like there's a lot of like shitty, dumb fuck doctors out there. Oh yeah. Who don't even hit at the doctor part, let alone all the other, you know, fields of knowledge. So just keep that in mind as you yeah, traverse it makes, this morning. It makes coil. so much, it makes so much sense because like in every job there's someone who has that job but sucks at it you just like to think that when it comes to like doctors police officers uh airline pilots you're like no sh- please they need to be the it's like that chris mm-hmm. rock bed it's like we, yeah. we need y'all to be good <laughs> right but dang nope dang um all right well so yeah we talk about boston a little bit um I just think that Boston is uh, maybe the most, yeah, fancy slash trash Venn diagram city we have in this country. I mean, do you think there, do you think you think of any that stand up to it? Cause it's like, what are the other fanciest cities? San Francisco, right? Yeah. Like it ain't, they it don't ain't have trash, the trash at all. No. Like, um, um, if you, I guess like now I, I don't think that this is, I guess you could make the argument 
if you're considering New York as a whole instead of what it really is, is like it's five boroughs that are all very, well, very separate. Right. You know, yeah. you've got your Manhattan versus your Queens, but like I think as Island. a city. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I see, think but if I you think, go, I think that most people, I think that like, I know there's like a macro perspective of just like New Yorkers, but I also think that like people that know about New York specifically, I think, I do think differentiate, you know, between, for sure. you know what I mean? Like, uh, like fucking, for sure. Yeah. Manhattan um, types and don't, I'm I, again, I think Boston's the number one. I'm just trying to throw a couple out there. Like. If you look at Florida, the state, it's got a lot of that going on because there's a tremendous amount of Florida that is like where the rich people have moved mm -hmm. from New York to be down there. And then, of course, you've got fucking Jacksonville. Uh, but no, yeah. I mean, if, I, whole, had, if I, I did a whole uh, episode or segment in an episode on just Florida um, a, right. a while ago, because, yes, absolutely. I agree. But no, I, yeah. I would have to say it's ball. I mean, Texas has a little bit of that too, you know, with your, you know, Dallas, your JR type folk, and then also the trash. But like, dude, Boston, like oil like, money, like, like, yeah, 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 yeah. But even in but oil like, money, motherfuckers, they wear like cowboy hats and shit like exactly. that. Exactly. You know I mean, they're very like Texasy. Whereas in yeah. Boston, it's like the, the elite of the is, elite academics. I mean, you know, fucking Harvard University and MIT, and then so many more. They all have all in right. that one city. Versus the fucking like Gronkowski sweatpants wearing fucking area code tattoo having <laughs> parliament smoking scratch off lottery <laughs> ticket buying fucking right never neighborhood leaving right fucking yep. teen pregnancy making goddamn trash <laughs> in fucking yeah. where whether it's South here I don't know you know what the various boroughs that where those people come from but you know you've seen them in the goddamn movies but like those like those, those are some of the like that's some of the trashiest trash we got in this whole oh, yeah, goddamn dude. country right alongside some of the you know fanciest fancy motherfuckers all in the same place it's pretty wild yeah i was gonna say like the thing that none of the places i named have none of them have a harvard you know what i mean so like right. the fall off is fucking staggering you know right. what i mean like we've got some fancy aristocratic people in the south and some trashy people in the south but like i feel like where we're from both can sort of get confused for each other sometimes depending on what type of you know I pinstripe also, i think tell me if you disagree with this you're right about that but i think most outsiders i don't think they think about the like fancy fucking like rich southern people like of debut course debutante type i don't think that they enter people's minds whereas like That's i feel true. like if you bring up boston to an outsider i feel like it's maybe like a 50 50 shot like the first thing they think of might be harvard or, of course. or, or ben franklin or whatever yeah. like that type of shit or they might think of the departed and fucking the, the town and you know all that like that uh trashy ass you know Matt Damon's boys and Goodwill Hunting type, <laughs> yeah. type yeah. Boston. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like you're just as likely to think of either one, and I don't think that's true for the South. It's like 98% no, people just think about the redneck stuff. No, you know? that's that's actually uh, the 100% fucking accurate. You're, you're correct. Nobody, nobody thinks about the old Miss professor who has who is a Nobel laureate. Like, they mm -hmm. only think about the dude they saw, you know, mudding on that MTV show or whatever the fuck. Right. Absolutely. But yeah, they just, uh, they're all, but they, but they're like, uh, day trash is like, I don't know. It's weird. It, we redneck trash be fighting, right? Starting yep. fights and shit all the time. 
but they're also like, you know, we have the stereotype. One of the only, like, I get somewhat positive stereotypes about us is that we're like nice. And now people know it's like, oh, they're nice in a passive aggressive way. And it's all sure. bullshit or whatever. But like, but up there, not just Boston, but the whole Northeast, it's like, it's the opposite. Like, no, you know what I mean? They're just like, oh, there's, you know, they call them mass holes. I mean, that's what they call right. them. Like, they're like, people are like, yeah, you don't want to fucking, <laughs> that, you know, they'll punch your dog in the face. You don't want to yeah, you know with, what? You know, fuck with them. About that whole thing, people are like, oh, yeah, people in the South are nice to your face, but then they'll talk shit about you when you leave. It's like, I'll prefer that for the, right. for the record. Like, I prefer that. Like, especially if we're talking about meeting strangers and stuff, if I'm never going to see you again, I want at least the face-to-face -face we had to be nice. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm supposed, like, like, I go in the South. These people are super nice to me. Hey, how you doing? Southern hospitality. Then I leave, and I know that they're talking shit about me, and I'm supposed to be madder at them than going to Boston where someone's a prick to me the whole time, but at least I know that that's who they are as a person. Like, fuck that, man. Life is all about faking it. We all suck. We're all pieces of shit, but, like, be nice to each other for a second. And you're right, man. We've dealt with some assholes in our day, and, like, I, I would... You know, I would prefer you to just put on a fake face and then talk shit about me later. That's me. Yeah, I go back. For me, it does depend on the context, I think. I think if you're talking about, yes, like you said, just living your day-to-day -day life and just interacting with various random people. Yeah, fucking fake it. Pretend. Yeah, that's like all you, I'm talking about. Yeah, right. Because it's like... Cause I don't mean like business see relationships. Each other again. Right, right. Yeah. But yeah, but if you're talking about like an actual, like a potential, like, actual like relationship of any kind whether it's bit you know professional personal or otherwise then it's like you know i don't know because i dude i had a you know I'm, I had, you. I'm sure you've had at least one girlfriend but i had like one i think of in particular that like was like the prototype like mm -hmm. just sugary sweet southern belle or whatever who was actually just a fucking dead-hearted bitch you know what i mean yes. like you like and 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 people saw through it pretty quickly. Like, you know, my sister or whatever would hang around, you know, a handful of times and immediately be like, no, nah, she's a bitch. I can tell, you know, like right. she wasn't fooling like everybody, but like, I mean, it was, it was over the top. Like she couldn't have been more of like a stereotype in that way. And so I'm not going to sit here and act like that super hits for me either. Cause it, it, cause it, it, cause it, it doesn't, it doesn't. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm not saying like, I want these people in my life. I'm literally just talking about if we're passing each other in the park, fake it yeah you know right, what i'm saying yes. like yeah. your bitch your bitch of an ex-girlfriend if she was my girlfriend that wouldn't hit but if i was the drive-thru guy at the wendy's i would love it that she right. was being fake and saccharine and nice sure. you know what i yes, mean yes yes yeah yeah uh, overall you should be a good person both in exterior and interior well, but that's if you what can't, i was gonna say it's like it's wild that for so many people it's just not an option to just right. like just be nice to people and also because you want to fake or it's like like me, you know, like me, I fake it, but I fake it in that, like, I don't want to be anywhere doing anything. I, right. I'm not faking that I, like, care, you know. I, exactly. I, I, do, I do want people to have a good day. I'm not going to shit talk somebody I randomly meet or whatever. Like, I'm up front with people about it. The only thing I fake is I just try to hide <laughs> how, how you much feel. abject misery I'm me too. in at most points of the day. You know what I mean? Like, that's all I'm really trying to fake. It's me, not, it has nothing to do with me faking, like, how I feel about other people or anything. Dude, as an introvert with fucking depression and anxiety, like, dude, right. half of my Speak. fucking existence is wearing a mask. But, right. like, but, like, I'm not 
fucking being nice to all these people and then secretly wishing them to die. It's just like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like I'm a good dude in, in heart, but sometimes like I'm absolutely going, okay, Corey, the outside of you cannot match the inside of you right now because that is not socially acceptable. And so you're just going to have to fake that. But mm -hmm. it's not, you know, it's not like I'm being nice to someone just so I can then later sneak into their house and cut their fucking brake lines. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, I don't know what else to say, but I tried to find some, like, good, some crazy stories about, you know, Southie trash or something. I couldn't really come up with anything. If any of y'all are from that area, any airheads out there or know any of yourselves, I mean, email, airmail us and let us know. We'll read them on air because I know, yeah. I know that it's some wild shit. I want to talk, too, a little bit about the differences in, like, when we talk about Boston trash versus redneck trash, maybe maybe I'm being prejudiced or something, or maybe I'm being stupid, but, like, doesn't their type of trash seem a little bit more dangerous than our yeah. type of trash? That's actually what I was trying to get to uh, when, yeah. I, when I, I was like, you know, Red, I, we will fight. I'm not saying we don't fight, but we also, we at least have this, like, facade. There's this other element of, like, oh, no, they'll pretend to be nice or whatever, and it's this weird dichotomy. But, yes, with them, it's like, I mean, I picture him always fucking Jeremy Renner in the town. You yes, know what I mean? Which great is movie. Like a fucking sociopath with a shamrock tattoo who, like, I don't want no part of. You Hell know what I mean? No. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's how I, you know, a lot of Southerners are scared of most big city Yankees. Uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And look, I know, and because, and it obviously is a lot because of how it's depicted in, like, you know, we've seen the fucking departed, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, we know that there's a lot of drugs being ran. And, and obviously, in, when, when drugs hit poor communities, people are fucking, they're, they're, um, what's the word desperate and they do some fucking horrible things and dude we got that down here for certain we absolutely have that down here and and like i but i know that like the dixie mafia is technically a thing but like i don't know nobody that has like mm -mm. true gang affiliations but i mm -mm. feel like that goes on in southie all the time like the russian mob is mobbed up there the fucking italian mob like all this shit we just got like a dude who has more pills than another dude you know right. yeah yeah, no, I agree. And yeah, I mean, it does seem more dangerous. Yes, indeedy. I'm sure in a funny like, way on TV. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure they would be like, well, who's got more blacks, though? Huh? How about that? You know, that's what, <laughs> yeah. what the guys in the South would say. And yeah, you think we're more dangerous? Okay. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. Uh, <laughs> that's true. It's what do you true. Think about it is their accent. Let's do this and we'll talk about uh, Ken Joe Kennedy. Where are you at on their accent? You like it? Hate it? What do you think? I like it. It's, but it's always comedy to me. Like it's yeah. always comedy. And like, even like, you know, you've got the Kennedys who like, who doesn't have a fucking Kennedy impersonation. You know what I mean? But like, and even though they were royalty, it's still been bastardized so much that like, when I hear the Boston accent, I only think of a couple things like Peter Griffin, you know, yeah. uh, uh, fucking Ted, which is also a, a Seth MacFarlane thing. A stupid Kennedy or Bill or Bill Burr going off on something. You know what I mean? Like right. they've got a really, you know, you mentioned, uh, you've mentioned several times that like you think the Scottish accent and the American South accent are the two best for telling jokes. And I agree, but I would say that like probably yeah. near third is it's the Boston, Boston accent. 
I actually yeah. agree with that. I tried to, th I told you, I, this all started with me trying to come up with like a promo video for my shows this weekend. And I have one in the can. I just have to edit it and put it out. And it's some of this we've talked about is in the video. I also thought briefly about trying to do a thing where I was going to be a Boston guy myself and a Scotsman, like arguing about something. And maybe it was going to be about who told the best jokes or something like that. But it, I just got too in the weeds with it and, it was overly complicated, but I had a similar thought because I do agree with you. I mean, yeah, I, I said something. I was like, I just appreciate them for taking some of the heat off of us every now and then when it comes to, like, being racist and talking like idiots or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it's pretty much just us and them. So I appreciate them in that regard. But, all, but yeah, they, you know, they, they don't say the R. The, I feel like the R's are the easy part. You know what I mean? That pie, that pie's not Havid. high. Not doing the I's. Havid, yeah. Yeah, Pac the kind of yard, that whole thing. But like the O's, the O's are kind of, you know, the O's are odd, odd, odd guy. But you put the two, those two letters together and it's, you know, four, what's that for? What are you, 440? How are you, 40? Going north, going north Go on Calm Ave. Yeah. North on Calm Ave. Go fuck, yeah, right. Like, yeah. And then I think my favorite word, and they do say it a lot. They say it a whole lot up there because it's got the O and the R in it, is uh, I think it might be uh, lobster. Oh, lobster. yeah. Lobster. Love hearing them. Lobster chowder. Yeah, lobster, lobster chowder. See, chowder. now I can't. It's like I can't. I, and Peter Griffin's supposed to be from Rhode Island, but he's. Right. The, I, I, but I always think it was lobster chowder. Listen, y'all. So you can probably tell we're having some technical difficulties. My glasses have vanished. Uh, Lord be with BPP as he puts all this together. Um, Corey's internet apparently don't hit. Um, it don't. I, far be it from me to say much about it. My internet often don't hit on this show, but uh, your internet's like smooth out right now, ain't it? Or yeah, it, it's just not. I don't understand, but whatever. This, you know, and, and people have heard me bitch about it enough. I'm literally eight minutes from the world's greatest internet. Yeah, but right. Can't have it because of state legislations and something to do. Obama, I don't know. I'm sure it's somehow his fault. It's fucking, it sucks. But yeah, nothing hits. So, but at least I have my phone that I can talk to you on, which is where all my notes are on Joe Kennedy. But guess what, buddy? I can go straight from the dome on how big of a piece of shit this guy was. Well, this should be interesting. But yeah, no, as you guys are watching, the first two thirds of this episode took place 24 hours ago. <laughs> and we had to stop and reconvene. And we can't do it on our normal software because of all the technical issues. And Corey's on a headphone microphone and all kinds of shit. So bear with us for this last uh, last segment. And also you just heard he's going off the dome with it. For the record, just because it'll kill me otherwise, right before you, we got cut off yesterday, you asked me who the guy was who was a famous Kennedy impersonator. His name is Von Meter. Von Meter. His name yep. was Von Meter. And there's a famous story. Do you want to not tell the story or it's going to come up later? Or do you want to? No, go ahead. The... Go ahead and tell it. That's fine. Von Meter was great... huge during the Kennedy presidency because he was like a world-class JFK impersonator, right? And that was his whole thing. I mean, he was very famous for it. Went on all these TV shows and stuff and Ed Sullivan and whatever the hell else. Texaco presents fucking, you know, variety hour. Uh, he did all that stuff and was very well known for it. Just impersonating Kennedy. The day JFK, as the story goes, the day JFK was shot, uh, that night, Lenny Bruce, well, legendary comedian Lenny Bruce, was doing a show at Carnegie Hall that night, and they had the show. They didn't cancel it. So this is the day that JFK gets shot. That night, legend has it, Lenny Bruce walks out on stage, and the first words out of his mouth were, well, Von Meter's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. 
which is pretty i've always found to be pretty hilarious uh and, and, and it's also true very 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 true the world never heard from von meter again as far as i'm aware yeah so i looked a little bit more up on that and like dude not only was he did he do like you know he was the official jfk impersonator and was famous for it unless i read this wrong which i don't think i did someone may have printed it wrong like he was selling these these albums like up until JFK get shot. He was he had just released a new album of JFK impersonations and it was selling like a million copies a week, dog. <laughs> like this motherfucker was moving shit. Which like, you know, it just goes to show you this is basic and we'll talk about stocks a little bit with Joe Kennedy. This is basic stock market stuff. You've got to diversify your portfolio because if you put everything yeah. in something and then that market crashes, you're fucked. What are you well, going to do? No, no disrespect to her or nothing like that. And I think she did try to diversify. But I remember after Donald Trump lost the election in 2020 in our group chat, I believe someone's first text after he lost was, well, Sarah Cooper's fucked. Because uh, <laughs> 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 right. y'all don't recall or if you don't ever talk, you know, she was hugely Internet famous, uh, which, you know. Hell yeah, sister, for like lip syncing Donald Trump videos, basically. Got her own special on Netflix, was massive. George Clooney loved her, all kinds of shit. And I'm sure she's still out there hitting in some way. I, I haven't kept up with her uh, in the first place. But like I said, all due respect, it's just a funny parallel to draw. The Von Meter of our time, for sure. Well, yeah. Joe Kennedy, Trey, uh, he he's, he's a Kennedy that, you know, I think me and you know a little bit about him because we're fans of Peaky Blinders. Me and you both like uh chicago mob type shit but like the average person i'd say when they think of the kennedys they think of jfk first then probably jackie and then robert and then probably the son right nobody really goes oh yeah the dad you know correct where's drunk ass ted following the hierarchy ted's ted's in there i'd say ted's mm -hmm. in there but he's definitely below all the ones that i i said like i think probably people go jfk uh, then probably Jackie, then they go, oh, and poor Bobby, oh, and JFK Jr., oh, my God. And, hey, didn't he have a drunk uncle? Like, probably something like, oh, didn't he wreck a car? Which, uh, by the way, it, it's perfect that we had these technical difficulties because, as I said, I'm wanting to really dive deep into the Kennedy, uh, the Camelot of it all, but I think that it would be rude to get started without talking about, you know, Joe, sort of the forgotten Kennedy, and also – in particular, uh, his daughter, Rosemary, and what oh, Joe yeah. has, has done to her, which I think yes, you know. Yes, well, I do. Well, Joe, so just a little a brief overview on Joe. Joe is born, I want to say, 1888. He is the son of a affluent politician. So I think Joe Kennedy used to always try to act like he was sort of a self-made man. Like he was he was kind of like Howard Hughes in that way where they both kind of said it and people like really believed it. But like if you look back into it, it's like, well, both of their. OK, tr it's true that they ended up becoming more successful than their dad. But their dad was very successful. So this isn't like the rags to riches, you know, that we that we think about his dad. Uh, or his grandfather, at least, was in the was in the Massachusetts state legislature. So, like politics are, are you know abound in this dude's life. Uh, he grows up. He goes to Harvard. I guess he's the first of the Kennedys to go to Harvard. He was in the God damn it, my notes are on my phone. But he was in a he was in a group at Harvard called like the Pudding Boys, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or like it really was something. It was something to do with pudding. 
Did they uh, say, let, oh, it literally was pudding. They made was, or ate pudding together. They didn't. They didn't do any of that. That was just what their group was called. Was like the okay. Great Pudding Association, and they were like sort of like an early iteration of what I believe might be the Skull and Bones or shit like that. Like yeah. there was only they, two. Uh, the Pudding Boys became Skull pu- and Bones. I, it's a good yeah. change. It's yeah. a good change. It's much putting their better. dicks where it don't belong. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, heard that. So he was, he, he gets into Harvard. Of course he like, you know, they say that at Harvard, like it's not really your degree that matters. It's the people that you graduate with and the people that you form these bonds with because they end up controlling the world. Well, he graduates and he immediately starts working at like a bank and he just starts learning everything he can about the banking industry, works his way up to being at 25 years old per him, the youngest bank president in at, at that time. I, I, that's what he says. I've got no uh, claims to dispute it. And it should be noted that back then, bank president was a it was quite a bit different than what bank president is now. Like, I'm not saying that bank president isn't still a nice job to have, but like, I know the bank president at Horse Bank, he does well, but I wouldn't say that this man is one of the most powerful people in the state. But like, back then, if you're the bank president, you're controlling everything. The stock market's just kind of getting going. You're in charge of giving people loans. And more importantly than that, you are sitting there and you're a quell, like you just get all this information. Like people are constantly coming in like, Hey, I need money for this. I need money for this. Well, Joe's smart. And he's constantly like taking logs of like, okay, this is what people are doing. This is what I need to buy. This is what I need to do here. He ends up basically, um, he was probably the best inside trader that ever existed. But fortunately for him, inside trading wasn't illegal. Like it just wasn't illegal at the time. And like, honestly, me and you've talked about this a lot, especially as it pertains to Martha Stewart. But like a lot of the insider trading he was doing, I was like, well, what the fuck did you want him to do? He heard that shit. Why wouldn't he buy? You know what I mean? Right. Especially if it wasn't illegal yet or whatever. It's like, what, just out of the goodness of his heart? You know, I mean, again, that's why you need fucking regulations and shit, because why wouldn't people do that? If it is inherently unfair, then you got to have someone else to ensure that they don't because anybody would, like Cat Williams said, you know, the Martha Stewart stuff from Cat Williams, you know, is like, this is what happened to Martha. They said, his, there are people coming out and said, Martha, if you don't move your money, bitch, it's going to be gone. Right? <laughs> <laughs> where like, I'm, where from. I'm from, we call that the hookup. Right? <laughs> and, uh, I know, still I agree. pretty much agree with that. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you supposed to yeah. do? Yeah. What are you supposed to do? Well, anyways, so it wasn't just insider trading that he was doing. Something that's still, I guess, technically legal to this day. He was like shorting a bunch of stocks, you know, and he kind of saw the whole economy crash like coming. And so he starts shorting a bunch of these stocks and really fucking over people. You know, like what he would do was he would just like he was super savvy. So he would just go like convince a bunch of people like, hey, listen, this company they don't hit. They're they're mm-hmm. horrible. Matter of fact, I, don't worry though. You got the stocks at six. I'll take them all from you at six, knowing that he had this insider information that like this big thing was about to happen because Henry Ford was about to sign on as an investor, and so he would take all these people's money under the guise of like he's hooking them up, doing them a solid, and then he would make. I think in one day he made the equivalent of like what is today like $10.5 million or some shit like that fucking over all these other people, just cause he heard through the, 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 the grapevine, Hey, Henry Ford's coming in. So he's shorting all these fucking stocks and shit. And again, this wasn't, it, this wasn't illegal at the time. 
And there was a lot of people who were like, you know, something needs to be done about this. Somebody needs to do it. And there was a man who uh, who decided to do that. And his name was Franklin Delano Romanowski. That's the character from Seinfeld. <laughs> Franklin, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Franklin Delano Roosevelt, who um, Joe Kennedy Sr. had met when FDR was the secretary for the Navy. I can't remember exactly how they met. It's in my phone there. I'm doing pretty good so far. I'm not going to lie. Anyways, FDR knew this dude. Like, he knew that, like, listen, Joe Kennedy's a fucking crook. He's the crook of Wall Street. But guess what? If I'm going to catch crooks, I need a crook on my side. So he appoints Joe Kennedy to be the Secretary of Treasury for the goddamn United States. So it's sort of like that Frank Abagnale situation where it's like, hey, You've been writing a bunch of bad checks. We'll have you come work for us because you'll know, you know, where the fucking bad checks be. Right. Uh, I he weren't. Where's the bootlegging at? I thought he was a bootlegger. Oh yeah, I, 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 I skipped ahead. He was definitely bootlegging. But see, a lot of these trades you have to understand are strictly allegation because mm -hmm. Joe Kennedy, until he died, claimed that like, no, I never made illegal whiskey. You see, my dad just happened to have all these barns filled with whiskey that he'd already made, you know, and that ain't illegal. We already had this whiskey. This was pre-prohibition whiskey, you know. So, yeah, dude, here's the thing about that. He denied it ever happened. Obviously, the Kennedys denied it ever happened. But he, there are figures like Lyre, Meyer Lansky. You've got Lucky Luciano. Uh, you've got fucking, uh, uh, who's the big one? Al Capone, right? And I can't remember which one of them was, but I'm going to pin it on Luciano. I think he said, one of them said, so it doesn't matter, said that Joe Kennedy was the biggest crook and the biggest piece of shit that they ever knew. So think about that, brother. Like, yeah. if one of these dudes is saying it, like, dude, he was fucking crooked as a snake, son. So, yeah, there was all the bootlegging. He's doing all that stuff. You know, he's super into politics. Then he has his kids and he's like, you know what? My life is not in front of the shit. My, my, my shit is behind it, right? So he's like propelling all his kids. You've got to be perfect. The Kennedy name is absolute perfection. We're winners. We win at all costs. You know, really got that like sort of um, vault from uh, the boys attitude of like just it's, it's all perfection. Whatever you give them, that's what it is. And we do not accept anything less than W's around here, which is why he has his daughter named Rosemary, right? And I think everybody kind of knows about this. Well, when I was brought up or like when I remember earlier hearing it, it was like, yeah, Rosemary had some like mental problems and they were really trying to help her, right? Do you know what Rosemary really did? Have opinions? Yeah, and fuck some boys. Yeah, That's it. Yeah. That was yeah. it. So... So Joe, and this is to me the thing that, like, of all the things he, I mean, he was a, dude, he was a raging anti-Semite too, by the way. I shouldn't overshadow that. Like, Jews did not hit for him. I think he famously said, look, there's some Jewish people that hit for me, but as a race, they're horrible. Look what they did to Hollywood. He claimed, like, cause by the way, he, he produced a bunch of films in Hollywood, but claims that he left Hollywood because it got too Jewy or something mm -hmm. like that. But anyways, yeah, Rosemary has a couple opinions and he's just like, man, her being out there like with these opinions and having sex with men, that's not going to look good on either of my boys political futures. So I'm going to have to do something about this. So what he did was he heard about this and at, even at the time experimental and like negatively thought of procedure called a lobotomy. Right? Yeah. So 
He doesn't consult the wife, by the way. He just goes and does this all on his own. Now, for those of you that don't know what a lobotomy is, uh, I mean, it makes total sense if you don't think about it. It's where if someone's brain don't hit, you just take slivers of their brain off. You know what yeah. I mean? There was a dude called Dr. Lobotomy, you know, nickname, obviously. That'd be some wild nominative determinism. That was just right. his, uh, <laughs> his Christian name. But, uh, I mean, I guess actually it would it would make complete sense if he invented it. Although, no, it wouldn't because lobotomy comes from lobe, frontal lobe, whatever. Right. But anyway, Dr. Lobotomy, he had it down to such a science. He'd go into a place and he had this, like, brain stick and he'd yeah. like shove his brain stick into their brain and just like swoosh it around a couple times and pull it out and then boom they're lobotomized or whatever so like yeah they basically just you know run your brain part the front part of your brain the part where like you can still go on living but you don't yes. hit nothing no more <laughs> you get thinking talking counting being and, yeah, know, I believe it's that. your you goddamn cerebral cortex. Yeah, you don't hit like that. that. Yeah. So, so basically, yeah, like it kind of reminds like there is they go like there's a certain way that you can shave it to where they're fine, but they just won't be mean or have opinions. Right. But that they was, all, but they always go too far. It was a pacification thing. It, it was like you know, people, yeah. it was supposed to be people that were like you know, violently violent. schizophrenic, violent, violent psychotic, some people that were a danger to themselves and others. It's like this procedure will make them docile, right? And it makes them yeah. docile by removing their capacity to do pretty much anything. Anything, uh, yeah. yeah. And like I said, and with her, they went even, they went too far. You remember the old Bill Burr joke when he's like, man, Joe Jackson, you got to find, you got to find, you got to beat them enough to where they make Thriller, but not beat them enough to where they fuck kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and well, like the same thing goes with lobotomies. Like they just kept fucking going on her. To where this is what they would do. They had her sing. While, while they, by the way, she's awake for this procedure. Completely Ugh. fucking awake. And so how they determined if it was working, they had her repeatedly sing the song God Bless America as they were shaving parts of her brain Lord, off. bro. And as soon as she couldn't recite the lyrics anymore, they were like... Like, there it is. Yep. She's yeah. R-worded. Bring the next <laughs> yeah, one in. yeah. yeah. And right. dude, they they cut her down to where, like, again, with several, like, lobotomies were never good, but there were certain people where it's like, you know, it lobotomized them to the fact, the point that they weren't violent anymore, but they could still kind of walk and whatever. But like, she had the mental capacity of a two year old, you know, shit herself, like everything you would have to deal with with a child, she was this, and so naturally they just put her in a fucking yeah. dungeon for yeah, the rest they were of like, her yeah, fucking we ain't life. Dealing with that, that no, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like that's you know, and and Joe, and again, he then has to just go to his wife and be like, "So you're gonna notice Rosemary's a bit different." Yeah, about right. That, yeah. yeah. And uh, and obviously she held that against him his entire life. But did she leave him? No, because that would be her having an opinion and taking a stand. And in uh -huh. a good Irish Catholic family back in the goddamn '40s, you can't do that. So essentially, she was just the black sheep of the family through no fault of her fucking own, right? Um, and Joe was, you know, constantly, like, buying elections for both of his kids. Like, there was a famous quote that, honestly, I think, like, JFK may have said it, like, tongue-in-cheek, where his dad would be like, uh, hey, don't buy a single vote more than's necessary. I'll be goddamned if I'm going to pay for a landslide. You know what I'm saying? Which is, like, pretty funny. But, like, you know, he's, like, sort of the reason why you hear all these stereotypes of, like, all the dead people voting in Chicago. Like, Joe Kennedy sort of, like, pioneered all that shit, you know? So, anyways, yeah, yeah he's 
huge, huge bag of shit. Oh, should I, I need to say this uh, about Rosemary because I, again, I want to give every inf- piece of information I can about her before we never talk about her again. And that's not because I don't want to, but it's just because the Kennedys made it as to such, there's not much to say about her. She is the only one uh, of Joe Kennedy's kids so far to have died of natural causes. All the rest of them got shot or in an airplane crash or whatever. And uh, in closing, and we'll talk about all the other Kennedy bullshit later, but like everybody keeps talking about like the curse of the Kennedys, like, oh, yeah, right. And it's like, no, this is what happens when you cut a girl's brain out. Like, there's no fucking curse. Like, this dude was just a fucking dickhead. And he was mobbed up, which is why his son got killed. And then all that shit is why his fucking brother is his brother got killed. And then, like, Teddy was just a fucking drunk. That's why he drove a goddamn car off a bridge in Chappaquiddick. And Robert F. Kennedy Jr. decided to travel via private plane, which are statistically the ones that are going to go down much. There's not some woe is me story. You're just a bunch of fucking assholes. JFK Jr. went down the plane. RFK yeah, Jr. is currently running yeah. for president. So. That, that's right. I, I meant JFK yeah. Jr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, it's, we'll it, is, it is wild that there's still, there's like right now, a Kennedy out there like doing politics stuff. Or whatever. There's two. It's kind of wild. Who's the other one? His fucking great grandson, Joe Kennedy the third. He's like a goddamn senator or congressman from Massachusetts. Fucking redheaded, squirrely little fucker. Hey, Alt, I didn't even know that. Yeah, I got the name and everything. He's Joe Kennedy, brother. And that, that's, I know that's, I'm so glad that you fucking brought that up because like when we think of the Kennedys, like like the JFK is like the legacy of like the he was gonna be there for the civil rights movement and Bobby was like finishing it off and that's why he got killed. And like we look at these people as like, of course they were crooked. They both fucked Marilyn Monroe, which by the way. Uh, Joe fucked a lot of the women that his kids fucked too. That's a big thing with him. But like all of this, like, and their dad's the one that got him into politics, but he couldn't be further from that. Like, it's so amazing how they ended up being like these sort of democratic symbols of hope for the future. When he was this anti-Semitic, not only Nazi sympathizer, I would say straight up fucking Nazi. Hitler hit for him so hard. Like, he was yeah. always trying to get FDR to let him hang out with Hitler. One of these reasons is why he ended up having to leave the White House. Yeah, I was going to ask, because, you know, you mentioned Peaky Blinders. In the, in the last season of Peaky Blinders, there's a character who, his, his name, the character's name isn't Joe Kennedy, but it's very, very clear that it's meant to be a play off of Joe Kennedy. And the character in the show is a hardcore fascist. And I was going to ask if, like, Dude. Joe Kennedy was... All in real yes. life, a straight up fascist. There was a lot of Absol- them in in that in America, in that time, uh, for whom Hitler hit, and uh, yes. you know, especially in the capitalist world, you know, I mean, Henry Ford, Hitler hit for him too. Joe Kennedy, there was there was a bunch of them. Dude, he so like the reason that he ended up having to leave the White House, it was a PR nightmare. Was that number one again? He was always trying to get to hang out with Hitler, and he would say it under the auspice of like. Oh, if I could, if you just put me in a room with him, I could figure all this shit out. You know what I mean? But really, it was just like they was boys. They had the same vision for the world. And the PR nightmare came when he was just like talking to someone in a press conference. And he was like, look, democracy, as we know it, is already over in England. And it's about to be over in America, too. But he was saying it, some believed, as if like that really hit for him. Because like Mm -hmm. he wanted it to be a fascist dictatorship where the, you know, the right-wing ideals just sort of led the country and everything was under complete censorship, autocratic fucking rule. So anyways, my point is that's the guy who ends up 
giving birth to these two dudes who, regardless of if they were full of shit or if they believed it, ran successfully on platforms of like saving the world. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And being like so pro-democracy. Like it's just crazy to me that they it all started weird. from that piece of shit. Yeah, um, no, you're right. That is weird. That's unfortunately all I have to say about him. Uh, I'll probably have some addendums next week when I check my notes. But we, hey, we wanted to say that we're super sorry about the technical difficulties. We don't like to, you know, be that type of show here at Putting On Airs. But you do know that this is a super hillbilly grassroots organization. So sometimes we just got to play the hand that we're dealt. And sometimes that hand's covered in poop. You know what I'm saying? Yep, poop hands. I'm assuming yep. because of your situation over there and your current setup, we're, we we cannot we're not doing airmail this week. We have to do that. No, yeah. but everybody wrote some very good and very long messages uh -huh. that next week I, I already have them starred, so I will definitely read those next week along with uh, some additional ones. We might do a little extra long airmail to make it up to everybody. All right. So uh, all right. Well, with that said, come see me in Boston this weekend if you're listening to it as it's new and you're and you're in boston elsewise go to treycrowder.com check out all my upcoming dates san francisco chicago phoenix uh lowell arkansas around fayetteville area nashville bunch of fun shit check out our book around here and over yonder also on treycrowder.com or you can get the audio book on audible which we read and it hits check that's it out it. stick around that's it yeah get get the book it's awesome and go to bonuscory.com if you want more from me come see us in december at zanies and come see me in asheville uh at the gray eagle on december 28th love y'all and stay fancy motherfuckers, motherfuckers. here's lydia loveless one two three four one two three four royalty rednecks are alike they both like cutting and picking fights biscuits and baked beans where they don't belong Sit on down with Corey and Trey and learn some fancy shit today. We'll laugh a little even when they're wrong. They'll take you to a magical place where if you call someone a cut, nobody cares. They keep it debonair at putting on airs, putting on airs, putting on airs, putting on airs. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Woo! As an adult, don't we all miss spring break? Nothing like taking a week off from all your responsibilities. Well, here's the next best thing for adults, a spring break from house payments. SaveWithConrad.com can help you get rid of all your credit card debt just like that. We're routinely helping our listeners save five, six, seven, even 800 bucks a month. And you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this, but check this out. No house payments for two months at SaveWithConrad.com.